Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on April the 16th, 2012. For newcomers, make sure you have yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and hopefully you'll be a lot wiser if you can wade through all these free audios because I show you this system that you're living through now, the big changes that you're going through and why they've come about, the big players involved, the big foundations when they were organized, who came up with the ideas a long time ago, a hundred years ago and more in fact. And really every segment of the 20th century into the 21st century was worked out in advance, including the wars they would have, including uh, the cultural changes they would have, all catalogued of course, and right into the 21st century with the wars they'd have to uh, finish off then as well. Nothing that happens that happens by itself, that it's all on a timetable, believe it or not, by the organizations which run your governments, and they, they put plenty of people inside your governments to run, and in the bureaucracies too, and they have lots of technocrats with more power than politicians that run across the world, and they're doing all the treaties you, they end up signing, of course, which take your jobs away, things like that. They set up the United Nations as organizations. They set up the World Trade Organization and many, many more. And they have armies, armies, little armies of environmentalist organizations on the payroll, full-time payroll to across the whole world. There's multi-thousands alone just in the U.S. getting paid full-time salaries to petition governments to make sure that you all end up living in dire poverty. So, as I say, help yourself to that. Remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you, and I don't bring on advertisers as guests, etc. And I have no shares in companies and that sell anything, so therefore it's up to you to keep me going if you want to. If not, I'll just walk away and do other things, because the money's just been plummeting, and it's hard enough even scouring the internet to find out who's selling or giving away my books for free. And some of the big ones, in fact, have been doing that recently, some sites you wouldn't imagine. And uh, it's all to undercut you and get you out. If they starve you out, then that's that. That's how it really works. So if you want to keep me going, you can buy the books at cuttingthroughthematrix.com or you can even donate. Now, from the U.S. to Canada, you can still use personal check, international postal money order, or you can use PayPal or send cash. And across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. So straight donations are really, really welcome because it's getting to the dire straits time once more. Which doesn't surprise me because this is the suicide. We try to stay honest as suicidal in this kind of world, which isn't particularly very good, actually. So, yeah, they go business way and uh, do it like everyone else and turn it into big business with employers. And then you to sell lots and lots of ads to pay your employees. Or you, you do it my way, as I say. So I'll see how long I hang on. It might not be terribly long. It doesn't really matter to me much. Except that you've got an alternative voice out here that really did change the whole, the whole course of what they call Patriot Radio. When I came in, they were pretty well navel-gazing. 
And I showed them how this was a world plan, a very old plan, designed uh, by people in London. And then, of course, they amalgamated or put out their branch, I should say, into the Americas long ago. And then a branch in every other country ever since. And every member of any parliament or government that's a prime minister, and generally a few at the top as well, along with them, are all members of this one organization. They run the world, plan the world, and if their big plans happen to mean famine or warfare or starvation in areas, then so be it. That's just the casualty rate, you know, that they, they, they factor in to their big, big plans. And we're living through them now. You have no idea what's coming up. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix and people really don't know what's going down. And I, I don't blame them really because study after study has shown and the studies going back through centuries because the, those who control always want to know what the public are thinking. They keep their pulse on the public, you see. And they've always known around 80 odd percent. It's more today, but 80 odd percent of the public will go along with anything and they'll accept anything that's placed upon them, any burden at all, by governments. They will not rebel. And um, it's only the few who, who basically do. And in the past, it's very organized groups that have ended up rebelling, basically. So uh, this is all taught, of course, in, in, in military um, officers' training, etc., across the world, the same kind of stuff, because their job is to defend the and protect the system, and not the people. That's why when you join the military, you're a private. You're not, you don't belong to the public anymore. You're a private. You're privately owned in any any country. And uh, people in the past, for instance, I watched last night. It was under the shadow of Hermes, quite a good documentary, and you can read the subtitles. But it's it's spot on with its data and the facts. And um, it shows you how the people in Russia were before the, the revolutions, the, the first set of revolutions, then the, then the last bunch. But the people adapted very quickly after the first revolutions in 1905. And then, of course, uh, in 1917, they, did, they had to adapt very quickly to the new system again. In between, though, Russia was feeding the world. It was called the breadbasket of the world. Some, some incredible grain shipments were coming out of it. And then th- this bunch were sent in from the States, primarily in different parts of Europe, well-trained. Once in the States were trained on, their, on standard oil property. That is all true. And, and you know, there's no, there's no hiding up of that at all. Uh, and... Um, Kuhn-Loeb and Company and uh, Baruch and all the big boys, big bankers, had financed these thousands and thousands of highly trained uh, mercenaries to go in and take over Russia. And they were appointed appointed to be generals, etc., in, in this new communist system. And they went in right into the, to the slaughter, it's called, which they, they call the terror. They used the same technique, remember, in the French Revolution, that they followed it with a terror that was meant to immobilize the mind of everyone else left, you see. And it, it did a darn good job of it, too. But I thought, in between that that era, 
as I say, when they were the breadbasket of the world, they adapted already to this new socialist-type government before it became the communist one. And people were out in the streets selling their stuff and riding their horses and having a good time on a nice day. And suddenly the terror started when the Bolsheviks took over. And there was multi-millions of people slaughtered in the whole era of the Soviet period. But you understand, they saw all the signs that you're seeing today in the West. They saw all the signs. They just, t- they just decided to ignore it. The, the media would print about all these vying parties. The vying parties would print what they wanted to do. In fact, when you look at the whole sustainability agenda and the Greens, etc., uh, that's very similar, very, very similar. It's not by mistake either, or just accident or coincidence that it's similar to the, 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 the communist ideals, the ones that brought on this mass, mass slaughter. Because you have fanatics at the top of it, especially when you look at Australia and hear the comments that come out of their mouths. You should be very, very scared of these fanatics because they can grasp power. And when they do, they are then in charge of the military. And human nature has never changed in thousands of years. Even Plato, I always go back to Plato because that's their hero, he talked about that too. If you know how to control the public or get them to do a certain thing, you know the formula, and you can re- and it's worked in the past, then you can always repeat it again by introducing the same formula in the same sequence. It will always have the same effect on the public. Same things will occur. And we haven't changed. We have human nature has not changed. At the top, of course, they're always doing war games and simulated war games and even computerized ones to do with the public. What happens if there's rebellions? What happens if there's factions start fighting within a country? All of that kind of stuff is is continuous. And it's kept out of the public view, of course. We're not supposed to know. We're supposed to be happy. Just be happy. Ignore scary media. Ignore the stuff. And just be happy. And they gave you lots of stuff today to be happy with. You're entertained to death. Endless, endless entertainment. And it's what a variety of it for all kinds of people, right down to the utterly perverted at the bottom. Any kinds of, so it's, it's, you gotta understand what's really going on in the world. Now, the big boys at the CFR many years ago were talking about what would happen with the class of, the clash of civilizations. When they bring in the World Trade Organization, which they did a long time ago, and write up all the free trade deals that would create massive unemployment. They knew that in the Western countries, the first world countries, massive employment was, was going to follow because they guaranteed to finance your own industry and small business offshore to China. They didn't sign the deal first and say, oh, what have we done? My goodness. They knew exactly what it would be. And at the same time, 20-odd years ago, they were building up the military inside the country, actually more than 20 years, uh, under various guises, expanding FEMA, and now you've got a variety of acronyms to, cho- to choose from, from all the agencies. But this is a military organization inside, for instance, the States. Britain's uh, uh, oh, scary. We'll touch on that tonight, too. 
But the public go along because they don't want to believe anything bad's going to happen to them personally. Everybody lives in their own little bubble, you see. And they have this little optimist part of the brain that keeps pinging away, saying, everything's fine, everything's fine. But when the signs are all around you of where it's supposed to go, then you should be taking heed of what's happening. You have a handful of corporations with the same shareholders in ch- with the ruling shares, and each of them, so it's one group really, running the world's food supply. Look what happened in the Soviet system. They slaughtered off, that, that was their way of doing it back then, they simply, they didn't simply outlaw farming by, by government administrators and, and laws step by step that they put you out of business. They went out and slaughtered the farmers. The whole Ukraine was left pretty well to, to starve to death, literally starve to death, as its grain was stolen from them by the Soviets. You're watching fanatics put in the communist system under the guise of sustainability and global warming and climate change. It's the same agenda because it's the same people who got into politics under liberalism in different terms because Marx said it too, get in any way you can, lie, lie, lie. Pretend you're this, pretend you're that, just get in. And... Once they're in, out comes the agenda. It doesn't matter what they do after they're in. You can't recall, even recall them. You have no, law, no rights to even recall them when they go against what they said they'd do. It doesn't matter. Why do you think they set up that way? And, as I say, the public hadn't a clue in the Soviet system. They don't seem to have much of a clue right now. They still get into uh, the, the false debate. The false debate is to getting you to debate the so-called, so-called scientific facts, global warming and CO2. Don't fall into it. Don't even go, go into it. Just remember, it's, a, it's an excuse to bring out the same Marxist system where the state, meaning the party, is in control of all the food, the water, and everything else you need to live on. That's what it is. And the redistribution of wealth across the planet. Why, after the bank crash, would your own governments decide to redistribute the wealth, what was left of it, across the world by borrowing money from the World Bank? It's all Marxist agenda. I was reading today in one of the Australian newspapers about the Greens and one of the women at the top of it who's an utter fanatic. I could see her in a uniform demanding they kill so many millions off very quickly. I could see that. They're fanatics. When you hear fanatics, don't ignore them in those positions. Don't ignore them. You do so at your peril. When you see fanatics too, uh, hyping and hyping and hyping up uh, the terrorism aspect of things until it's now normal to live in an armed camp. Don't ignore them. Don't adapt and ignore them. Because, you see, they're only starting to unroll the agenda. This is only the beginning of where they're taking you. They're training you to go the rest of the way. Drzezinski, who was one of the top characters who came into the Soviet Union, because all the guys who ran the Soviet Union came in from outside, lots of them from New York. And they weren't even Russian, they were German. 
And, you know, the, um, Brzezinski said that, he was the one who actually said, you can beat the people, you can starve them to death. Will they rebel? He says, no, they'll turn around and eat their own. Where do you think he knew that? Where did he get that information from? It's been tried before down through time, that's why. And people generally are pretty good people. The majority are pretty good people. Good people, you see, have this thing about about doing something about it. And they, they have obedience to authority. I've given talks on obedience to authority in the past. Go into the archive section at cuttingthroughthematrix.com to see why people are so obedient to authority at their peril. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back and I'm talking about basically how people adapt to the situation they're in and adapt to the next step and the next step of tyranny. And that's what you're under. Remember too uh, that uh, it was stated back in the early 1900s that uh, they, they would probably never get the, the, the Soviet type system through in all the Western countries. It might take a hundred years to get it in place through Fabianism the Fabian technique, step by step, very slow, and you adapt each little stage over a period. The next generation adapts even further, and that's how they've done it, of course, in the West or First World countries. George Bernard Shaw talked about using that very technique and why. Why they'd have to use that in the West. But it's all there. And you also have this this class above you too, this super class, as they call themselves, that really believe they're a separate species. They really are the world's managers, they train them at universities, special universities, lots of cash to get into those ones. But then you become a world manager, or you may become a technocrat, depending on how it goes. But regardless of what you want to call it, it's pretty well the same Trotsky's idea of... Remember, the whole system of, of uh, communism was dreamed up and financed by the international banking boys who are in charge today, obviously, since we've been bailing them out, still bailing them out. They've lost nothing. They've gained a lot, actually. They gained all the houses. They were stolen from people. And they're even suing other companies. Yes, they passed like, like around uh, all the mortgages and tacked on and, and jacked up the prices and for these pretty worthless little shacks and kept passing them up to the, to the highest banks in the land. They were all in on the same game. And they knew years before it would crash, and they knew they were too big to fail. They had meetings about it. Much like Lenin himself, who put millions in Swiss bank accounts for himself in case anything went wrong. Anyway, this article here is from Press TV, which is generally pretty anti-American in some ways, but... At least they're talking about something I talked about before. I'll put links up again tonight to the ammunition that the U.S. is buying in for domestic use. 750 million hollow points rounds of ammunition, which is used for close quarter battle, which is urban settles, settlement, basically. 
This is the American spirit runs counter to impositions of the kind that have been placed on the public over the years by countless dodgy administrations. Seems that America has been hijacked by the 1% ruling elite, while the U.S. patriots have been busy buying into their government's propaganda and going abroad to kill other members of the human family in pointless and expensive wars. Well, they're not pointless. They're strategic, as they call it. There's a reason for it. And you don't really have what you think of as an American government anymore anyway. You haven't had it for a long time. There's nothing to do with America, except America's a battering ram. That is the job. And most of the soldiers are in there because they can't get a job, not for ideological reasons. Anyway, it says the United States Department of Homeland Security has signed on an indefinite delivery from defense contractors ATK that will include nearly 750 million hollow points ammunition rounds for short-range firearms. The department has yet to explain why they're ordering such munitions for an agency that mainly deals with domestic issues. And you should be wondering that too. But maybe you get distracted and go off into something else very quickly. We shy away, remember what uh, Bertrand Russell says, and they would encourage this this particular technique. We'd shy away from unhappy things. Because the New Age movement too was into that. Don't talk about that. Don't talk about that. What will happen if you talk about it? (laughs) But uh, and we seek pleasure instead, you see. This is hollow point rounds are made to kill outright. They flatten on impact with the skin before entering the unfortunate victim's body where they cause as much damage as possible before splintering to cause even more harm. It says uh, from Wikipedia, a hollow point is a bullet that has a pit or hollowed out shape in its tip, often intended to cause the bullet to expand upon entering the target in order to decrease penetration and disrupt more tissue as it travels through the target. And it says the Hague Convention of back in 1899 Declaration 3 prohibited the use of international warfare of bullets that can easily expand or flatten in the body and is in fact a continuance of St. Petersburg Declaration of 1868 which banned exploding projectiles of less than 400 grams as well as weapons designed to aggravate injured soldiers or make their death inevitable. But that's the whole trick of it all. It goes into the Geneva Convention as well. And uh, they can't use it on foreign troops, but they can use it internally on their own people. They can use use all the things that are prohibited, including harp, on their own people for weather warfare purposes. So the question comes to mind as to why the U.S. law enforcement agency designed to deal with domestic issues needs for the pistols 500 million hollow point rounds when there are only 300 million U.S. citizens. Does the agency plan to kill American pets along with their masters? The world is aware that voices of discontent and dissent amongst the U.S. public have manifested themselves in a number of movements whose regular demonstrations have shamed the U.S. government. Well, then they go into the Occupy movements and other movements as well, meaning basically the people are really just ticked off with everything. But uh, it's obvious, rather obvious, that you don't buy that kind of ammunition, especially for pistols. Unless you plan to use them down the road. That's very, very expensive stuff. You don't use it for target practice because a hollow point is more expensive. This stuff is meant to be used, obviously, on the streets. And they've stuff for rifles too. Back with more after this break.
are listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. And as I say, we're getting trained step by step by step to be obedient, uh, groveling, uh, little people who simply obey people in uniform or officials or wherever they happen to be from government. It's step by step by step. Army snipers to take to the skies and bid to thwart terrorists at London Olympics. So army snipers are being trained to shoot down terrorists from helicopters during the London Olympics. Now they've already got rocket launchers. I think they're bringing a battleship up the Thames or something. We're going to blow the whole damn place up. Uh, and uh, so much of this is good. This is what the, this is this is this is farcical. You understand? It's farcical. For 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 a, a thing that was meant to foster internationalism in the first place, which was the Olympic Games, that was its purpose. Anything that would promote international cooperation was to be fostered. That was from the League of Nations that became the United Nations. And every country that gets landed with the darn thing has got a debt to pay off for donkey's years. Now, donkey's years are an awful long time. And never mind the cost of this thing. And it says, Elite marksmen drawn from Scotland across Britain will be assigned to key sites as part of the UK's biggest ever anti-terror operation. They ought to prevent an attack that could tarnish the games forever. And this is about two or three times in this article, like the murders of Israeli athletes did at the 72 Munich Olympics. The snipers will work under the command of London's Metropolitan Police, who are in charge of the security at the games, which begin on July the 27th. The police have cut back on the military personnel they want from Scotland, but not the snipers. All those marksmen are still going, and some of them are being sent for special training on the helicopters. Their summer leave has been cancelled. Many of them have had recent experience in Iraq and Afghanistan. Firing from a helicopter is extremely difficult, even for a highly trained sniper. They will have specialists trained to make sure they can fire as accurately as possible from a helicopter. Just like that one that went up, remember, too, from WikiLeaks, where they showed the helicopter mowing down all the journalists over in the Middle East, but that's just, you know, the Middle East, isn't it? The source we're on it poses all sorts of challenges. The biggest one is the collateral damage, the risk of injuring or killing innocent people. What they mean is taxpayers' collateral damage. You know, because if they kill you off, that you won't be paying taxes anymore. A sniper cannot fire into a crowd of innocent people, and the enemy knows that. Know the enemy. This is going to be all over the place. Up to six million people a day are expected in London during the Olympics, making it the top chart for a terrorist attack. The special air service are being recalled, missiles are being stationed around the city, and HMS Ocean, the ship with Royal Marines on board, will be moored on the Thames. The snipers will add another layer of security. I feel very secure with all these guys trigger happy flying above me, pointing this stuff all over the crowds, eh? The military source added, where someone is posing a threat to life and limb, but that person cannot be arrested, then the rules of engagement allow force to be used. If someone is firing rockets or mortars into a stadium, huh, then the legal rules of engagement would allow the police to terminate the threat to other people. In the case of the Olympic Games, as in all other civilian incidents, the military always support the civil authority and work under the police commander. So, this is around 13,500 military personnel will work on security inside game stadiums. That's just up the military. 
A Met spokesman confirmed that 5,000 military would back up police in all areas, including niche specialist support units. She said, on an average average day, there are 9,500 officers in the streets, some of whom will be armed. So look at this. This is like a full-scale war for for a a darn game that ends you up bankrupt anyway every time they have the darn thing. What a farce, eh? This training the public. This is the new normal, you see. Get used to it. Get used to it. And now, normally I never mention anything by Naomi Wolf, who's also sort of Trotskyist in, in her leadings. But uh, it's a good article because it ties in with what I'm talking about to do with how you must, just like the Soviets too, they must humiliate you, etc. Under the shadow of Hermes and many others, the Soviet story is a very good one to watch as well. They show you how they always strip their victims before they kill them. And it's part of the, uh, and they meet other folk watch as well. Maybe they were not going to kill them. Maybe they were. You never know. But it made you more terrified than ever, you see, because it's a strange thing. You, you, it's, you're completely humiliated. humiliated. Getting, getting shot's not as bad psychically, basically, as being stark naked and, sh- and ashamed in front of people. This adds to it. This is the idea of it. This is psychology. How the U.S. uses sexual humiliation as a political tool to control the masses. And it says, um, in a 5-4 ruling this week, the Supreme Court decided that anyone can be strip-searched upon arrest for any offense, however minor, at any time. This horror show ruling joins two recent horror show laws, the, the NDAA, which lets anyone be arrested forever at any time, and the HR 347, the Trespass Bill, which gives you a 10-year sentence for protesting anywhere near someone with Secret Service protection. These criminalizations of being human follow, of course, the many uprisings of the Occupy movements. is isn't just that at all. They've got the pulse on all the public right now. As you go through inflation, remember what they've said from the reserve, Federal Reserve, 10 years inflation. That's what, that's what they've scheduled. It's a way to get out of the mess we're in. That's what they, that's what they claim. Ten, your food has gone up 45 times already in the last couple of years. As Americans stripped searching benign, the man who had brought the initial suit, uh, Albert Florence, described having been told to turn around, squat, and cough, spread your cheeks. He said he felt humiliated. It made me feel like less of a man. That's the whole intention of it. In surreal reasoning, Justin Anthony Kennedy explained that this ruling is necessary because the 9-11 bomber could have been stopped for speeding. How would strip searching him have prevented the attack? Did Justice Kennedy imagine that plans to blow up the Twin Towers had been concealed in body cavities? And still more bizarre non-logic, his and the other justices' decision rests on concerns about weapons and contraband in prison systems. But people under arrest, that is, who are not yet convicted, haven't been introduced into a prison population. They're talking about searching you anywhere across the whole country, not just the airports here. Surveillance states showed uh, considerable determination to intrude on uh, citizens sexually. There's a sexual abuse of prisoners at Bagram. The Spiegel reports that the former inmates reports incidents of various forms of sexual humiliation. In some cases, an interrogator would place his penis alongside the face of the detainee while he was being questioned. Other inmates were raped with sticks or threatened with anal sex. We've all seen the videos, of course, that came out of uh, the U.S. facilities. 
There was the stripping of Bradley Manning in solitary confinement. And there's the policy set up after the story of the underwear bomber to grope U.S. travelers genitally or else force them to go through a machine made by a company, Rapiscan, owned by terror profiteer and former Department of Homeland Security DHA czar Michael Chertoff. He got the contract after he enforced the law across the country. You don't think you're corrupt? How many coincidences can you really believe in? With images so vivid that it's been called the, the porno scanner. Believe me, you don't want the state having the power to strip your clothes off. History shows that the use of forced nudity by a state that is descending into fascism, I would say communism too, it's the same darn thing in the end. And the communists were far more better at it and, and more frequent at it from the very beginning of the Soviet system right through its entire endurance lifespan. But it's very powerful, it says, in affecting and controlling and subduing populations. The political force of forced nudity by anti-democratic regimes is long established. Forcing people to undress is a first step in breaking down their sense of individuality and dignity and reinforcing their prowesslessness. Enslaved women were sold naked on the blocks of American South and adolescent male slaves served young white ladies at tables in the South while they themselves were naked. Their invisible humiliation was a, tr- a trope for their emasculation. Jewish prisoners headed into concentration camps were stripped of clothing and photographed naked as iconic images of that Holocaust reiterated. But as I say, don't put that put in line with the Soviet Union because his entire history, over 300 million were slaughtered. One of the most terrifying moments for me is when I visited Guantanamo Prison in 2009 was seeing the way the architecture of the building positioned glass-fronted shower cubicles facing it intentionally right into the central atrium where young female guards stood watch over the forced nakedness of Muslim prisoners who had no way to conceal themselves. Laws and rulings such as this are clearly designed to bring the conditions of Guantanamo and abusive detention home. Home means in the U.S., means Canada, means Britain, and everywhere else, folks. Because they're all in it together, if you haven't noticed. Instead of watched male police and the TSC members standing side by side, solicitously observing women as they have been patted down in airports. I've experienced the weirdly phrased sexually perverse intrusiveness of the state during an airport pat-down, which is always phrased in the words of a steamy paperback, such as, do you have any sensitive areas? I will use the back of my hands under your breasts. One of my Facebook commentators suggested, I think possibly, that more women are about to be found liable for arrest for petty reasons. Scarily enough, the TSA is advertising for more female officers. I guess that's just in the back of the fast food, fast food cartons that they advertise on because that's the quality and caliber they want. So I interviewed the equivalent of TSA workers in Britain, found that the genital groping that's obligatory in the U.S. is illegal in Britain. I believe that the genital groping policy in America, too, is designed to psychologically habituate U.S. citizens to a condition in which they are demeaned and sexually intruded upon by the state at any moment. The most terrifying phrase of all in the decision is, is Justice Kennedy's striking use of the term detainees for United States citizens under arrest. Some members of Occupy who were arrested in Los Angeles also report having been transferred to, uh, to being referred to by police as such, as detainees. And just as Kennedy's new use of what looks like a deliberate activation of that phrase is illuminating, it says. 
10 years of association have given detainee the synonymous meaning in America as those to whom no rights apply equally in prison. It's long been used in America, habituating us to link it with a condition in which random Muslims far away may be stripped by the American state of any rights. Now the term, with its associations of those to whom anything may be done, is being employed systematically in the direction of any old American citizen. So anyway, she goes on quite a bit and gives some more information of what's going on in this area. And and ends up again saying you can be arrested for walking your dog without a leash, remember. And men strip searched or anything else they want to do. The man who was forced to spread his buttocks was stopped for a driving infraction. I was told by an NYPD sergeant that safety issues allow the NYPD to make arrests at will. So nothing prevents thousands of Occupy protesters, actually anybody else for that matter, if there would be any left under these laws to start to bite, from being rounded up and stripped naked under intimidating conditions, but it's for the general public, you understand. It's to get the message across loud and clear that you don't cause any trouble at all. Just jump and obey and grovel and put up with it, isn't it? Now, the Pentagon, too, is well known, but they put their own PR department, the Public Relations Department, which is propaganda, uh, many times uh, in, in past exposés of what they're up to, but uh, now they've set up fast track for buying cyber war tools, new cyber war tools. They already have stacks of it. They've got, they've got virtual use uh, programs in uh, computers in the Pentagon. Virtual use, everybody, every citizen. And all your data, your personality profile that you put up on the net and your emails and everything is put into it. Then they do little games on it to see if you'll act in a certain way under this kind of stress or action or whatever, and they say they're pretty well accurate. They can, in other words, they can predict what you in reality would do in any situation. This is your government. Every government's doing it, so is Britain. So it says the process which will be overseen by a new senior level cyber investment management board uh, aims to streamline the sluggish traditional defense acquisition process. In other words, you can buy stuff fast without any, any oversight. To meet the rapid pace of events in cyberspace, the 16-page report said. Now, jumping from that to something they were at in a long, uh, long ago, actually, in the 60s, they were doing putting electrodes in prisoners' brains in Britain and mentally ill people in Britain at Tavistock, and Huxley was very excited about it. I thought it was wonderful. Some movies came out about it at the time, and uh, and it says treating depression with electrodes inside the brain. Now, this is, again, to get you used. It's really mushy stuff. It's something you'd hear on Oprah almost. And there's weeping and tears and everything in this little article here. To, to put it over as a very emotional thing. But the thing about it, first uh, for electrodes for depression, which we don't even know if it works yet. But the electrodes for anything. Suppose you end up getting... Right now you have judges who can demand the prisoner to be put on medications in, in, while they're in the courtroom. What will happen when the day comes when they demand you get electrodes in your brain? you think that's far off? No, it's not at all. So in this article I'll put up tonight, it gives you the usual stuff that the... the the different people with their symptoms and so on and how they worked hard to put these electrodes in the brain. They've been doing it, as I say, since the 60s. Used to have wires sticking out of them at one point. As I say, the real movies made about what they did. They've all, it's always about controlling the public. I mean, when you should be angry 
or a bit depressed, a bit angry, and so on. They could turn a switch somewhere in another country, if need be, or from a satellite, and gee, you're all happy. You're all happy. Like you're, you know, you're, you've gross well-being, as they call it now, from the United Nations. Your wellness is all happy, regardless of your circumstances. Hmm? Now. I also want to put up tonight this article here. Is Oxford University Institute is to focus on Eurozone and global crisis. And it says uh, Oxford's university's new INET, I-N-E-T, at Oxford Centre will focus on preventing future financial crises. These are the same guys, remember, Oxford University gives a trickle-down theory and made the machine where they put a water hose on it. And you saw the water trickling here and there. And it's supposed to trickle down to you a drop at a time at the bottom. What a farce. What a matter of farce. Anyway, here they are again. But this new economic thinking school is funded by George Soros. Now, when they put political organizations with social agendas, I'm talking about the world socialist agenda, and you start recruiting people into it, and their function is to turn out students and professionals that will influence governments and get into governments, you're in big trouble. You can't do the same thing at the bottom level. Well, I'd like the world to go this way. Let's get our own little centre going and turn out global leaders for the future. You can't afford that. But of course, if you're Soros, you can do pretty anything you want. And then, also tonight, I'll put up rebellion at NASA against global warming. And the letter warns, green position is endangering the reputation of science itself. And of course, They've really ticked off at this madman called Hansen, who is at NASA too. And he's a, he's a terrorist, really. He he's, wants to blow up dams and that, and he's, he's caused a lot of damage. And no one imprisons him because he's a greenie, you see. I'll put that up too. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, and I'm going to talk to Darren from Ireland, to be still there. Are you there, Darren? Hello, Alan, how are you today? I'm hanging on, just about. Um, yeah, you know, I've uh, got through nearly, I'd say, nearly all of your uh, past shows, and uh, just a few things, I just want to quickly, I want to ask you something, is, uh, you know, I was thinking, I was having a discussion with Darren from the UK, we were, you know, I just asked each other the same question, you know, when you know all this stuff, and you know, you come to realise that the system that's going on, you know, you you really are given a ch- choice, you know, it's either to to do something about it or to, you know, to just kind of hide away and carry it away and think about yourself. And I was thinking about you there for a while and I was just wondering, like, what type of, you know, you, you must have spent some huge sacrifices in your life just to do this to what you've done for the past few years. Like, you know, I was just wondering, um, you know, what type of decision did you have to make, like, and, you know, what, what were the consequences? Like, were, were, there, were there grace or? Oh yeah, there's definitely consequences because you don't get a day off. You don't get holidays. And you start in the morning and you finish about 2 a.m. uploading during the week. Weekends are full because you try to catch up on emails and different things to do. And that's all day as well. Uh, so there's no doubt about it. it. It completely takes it out of you. And as I say, you can either do it my way or you can go into business. 
And once you went to business and you got staff and then you got advertising to pay for the staff and all that, and all these things, you know, are, are interrelated and, um, you certainly will prosper that way, but, uh, you're also, you, you can't really be absolutely 100% honest, I think. Uh, when it comes to, if someone asks you about a certain thing, would you buy this? Would you buy that? You, can, you may not be, especially if you're selling it, understand. You can't be quite truthful. So, this compromises has to be, have to be made when you go into the business side of it. Um, but yeah, there's no life at all. And especially now, and you, and you go through an awful battle. I've, I've had my, my share, you know, of run-ins with the, the guys in the, the black, um, the, the black uh, SUVs, you know, I've had all that kind of stuff in the past, and you definitely will get, will get trouble with the internet all the time because you are you are being basically hacked and so on from authorities, which take time and uh, energy to to fix, and you also survive on very little cash, very very little. I mean, if you're depending upon people in this day and age where they think everything is free. To keep you going, uh, you'll you'll be on a starvation diet, basically. And sometimes people will say, well, sometimes people will say to me, "I've sent you a check. You've had it two months. When are you going to cash it?" I'll say, "Well, when I've got enough, it's worthwhile to go into cash them. You know, I don't have enough to go into cash them. It costs me more money to go into town. And when you've only got a couple of hundred bucks to cash, in total, it's, there's no point. That's for the month, you know. So." Uh, you've got to be a bit crazy, but you're also trying to prevent something because your last def- part of uh, peaceful protestation has been taken away from you. You have nothing left after that, you understand. You have nothing left after that. You've got horror. That's what you face. That's the history of the world. After that, when you can't even protest, you are facing horror. And uh, it will be the same kind of horrors, even worse horrors than the, than the past, not saying something. You know, I I was just, you know, you, anyone who really does listen to the show, I think, has to make that that choice. And that choice is you're either going to do something or you're just going to stand by and watch it. And, you know, it's something I have to wake up every day and ask myself the same question. I'm only a young lad, but I know, I really know that, you know, my generation yeah. is the generation that's going to be hit the hardest. And that's right. That's right. You've you got you to get active in some way or another because to stand by and not idly do nothing... Uh, you, you have nobody to blame but yourself then because all the warnings are out there but thanks for calling thanks for calling that's the end of this show from Hamish and myself from Ontario, Canada it's good night to me your God or your God's go with you <laughs>